Hello, and welcome, welcome to, to The, the Smut, Smut Show, Show mm-hmm. a weekly podcast from your new internet book besties. We discuss all things spicy books and mix in a little bit of motherhood, life, self-care, and everything in between. So sit back, grab a beverage, and let's chat. Welcome to The Smut Show. I'm Neely. And I'm Rachel, and uh, Neely has been losing her mind a little bit this week uh, because we have Robin Lee on the podcast with us today. Robin is a Paris-based actor, which, first of all, I'm just jealous of where you live, uh, writer and producer, a graduate of Yale University and Columbia Law School. Robin has numerous acting credits in both television and film, most notably opposite Will Smith in both Hitch, one of my favorite movies, and Seven Pounds, Don Cheadle in Hotel for Dogs, and Jennifer Garner in 13 Going on 30, another one of my favorites. Uh, Robin played Christian Gray's trusted COO, Roz Bailey in the Fifty Shades franchise. Robin's debut novel, The Idea of You, was published in, by St. Martin's Press in 2017 and has garnered somewhat of a cult following. I like to think that I am to blame for that. Not really. Um, the book is optioned <laughs> by Wells Entertainment's Kathy Shulman and is currently in post-production. Robin also narrated the audiobook, which was one of my favorites. And you can also hear her in the audiobook of Daisy Jones and the Six. Robin, we are so, so, so thrilled to have you here. Like, when I tell you that... When you said yes, I had a mild panic attack of excitement and fear. Um, I can't, like, I love the idea of you so much that it's, like, not, I've read it too many times. Like, it's, I'm a it's, not reader. <laughs> it's not normal how many times I've read this book. One of them being this week. So I was like, I have to refresh. Like, I need to be fresh. Um, and every single Thank time it breaks my heart in the best ways. But hmm. we're so happy you're here. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. It's lovely to see you guys and talk to you. And um, thank you for having me. Absolutely. We are, I think it's funny because we kind of, uh, there was a couple of people where we're like, we're just going to reach out and like, we're probably never going to hear anything from them. And we have this like text thread going where Neely will text and be like, this person said yes. And I'll text and be like, this person said yes. And we're kind of like, wait, well, in a lot of this doing, (laughs) I don't feel like we're allowed to do this. The, a lot of it was like before we actually, so we didn't launch the podcast till the end of March. Um, and we had recorded several episodes like pre-launch just to kind of have them banked and make sure that we liked doing it, which we love. Um, and so we were like, oh man, like, like people say, yeah, like we have to, I guess we have to do this now. Um, <laughs> but it's been great. And it's been, I think one of the most fun parts is just not only getting to talk to different authors, um, beginning to read different kinds of books that maybe one of us wouldn't normally read or the other one wouldn't normally read. Rachel, I will say, um, Rachel does not do well with books that don't end happily. Um, mm. 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 We'll talk about it. It was we'll a struggle. Get there. Was a struggle. Um, we'll talk about whereas it. Whereas <laughs> I have talked about your book on the podcast several times, but I always joke that, and this is, I would yep, say this is a spoilery episode. Yeah. The book's been out for six there years, we go. guys. Read, pause, Go read it. It will only take you a day because like me, you will not put it down. You'll ignore your children and then come back. But (laughs) when I was reading the book, I read it on Kindle and it would be like, there's 10% left in the book. And I'm like, okay, like it's going to be fine. And then it ends and I'm like, what? What happened? (laughs) Like they said there was 10%. I was like, my book is broken. There's something wrong with me. 
And then I found the Facebook group and I was like, oh no, oh no, there's just, okay. there's a whole world of us <laughs> I was telling, I was telling Neely before uh, we got, or when, before we started recording that my husband also, he went to school for theater and uh, has acted before professionally. And so last night I showed him the last page of the idea of you and he did a dramatic reading of it for me. <laughs> And I was like, I can't handle this. I can't handle you reading this out loud to me <laughs> in this dramatic fashion of yours. Oh, so, but it was well, like, so when the first time I read it, and like, obviously we'll get into the questions. The first time I read it, I then immediately read, did the audiobook. like right after I was like, I'm, I read it and now I'm going to listen to it. And I was like, no, yeah. it's actually harder when you listen to it. And yeah. I'm not a huge audiobook person. Like I... I like to read things in my own voice and like imagine things in my head. So I tend to not do a lot of audiobooks for that reason. But this, I feel like it's different if the author is narrating it. Yeah. I don't like it when it's not the author. Cause I feel like if it's not the right sound, like, you know what I mean? Like if it's not the right, right vibe, yeah. you're like, you know I exactly have... how you wanted it portrayed. Exactly. Exactly. I knew, I know everything like accents voices exactly you know, like, when it slows down like pronunciation like everything the tone so, and, yeah i kind of write out loud like i'm i'm constantly yeah. saying it out loud as i'm writing it just so that i know the, it, the, the rhythm feels right like i'm trying mm. to it feels like music oh. to me and so if someone's reading it to me and once you wrote it and they're reading it out of rhythm, I'm super aware. Of that. And I'm sure you've yeah. done it too. It's like where you've read, like listened to an audiobook by an author you might love, and you're like, I don't think I can hear this. Like this isn't. Yeah, like, yeah. I just and I don't, I don't listen to audiobooks, even though I have friends who, <laughs> who narrate and are very, very good at it. But I, because I'm a, I, I'm a writer, I need to see the words on the page, and I want yes, to see the yes. Um, I also. I don't know. I don't feel like I retain it as well if I'm listening to I it. I don't either. Um, yeah. I'm definitely right. like, like if I, like even when I think about um, like being in college court like classes, I much right. better retain things reading the book rather than even like right. listening to a professor. Like yeah. I need to just yeah. read it myself. Um, but we will do our highs and lows just just to start um Rachel do you want to start with your five star and one star moments? I would love to um I felt like I was having like a bit of an idea of you moment I felt where I'm in a hotel room right now <laughs> filming this and so I'm like I'm like am I having it's like a tryst with Hazel but no it's it's with my husband um but that is my five star moment this week we got we went an hour away from our house we're in Fort Worth and so uh we she's like we're just on the other night. side of the Metroplex, but in Dallas. The Metroplex, yeah. But we got away from our kids for the night. We went to see a show. We went to Hades Town last night, um, and got to go to dinner together and and stay out after. And it was uh, so much fun. So that's my five star moment of the week. We just looked at each other last night and we were like, we we like each other. This is nice. It's you know, so it's important. Fun. And I tell a lot of my friends with like new babies and like it, you have to take time away from your kids. Like, yeah, it is imperative, not even just like for your marriage, but like even alone, like you have yes, to reset You'll be yourself. a better parent. Yes. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So that was my five star moment. My one star was, and I'm like, you think I would have learned from the last time I was with Neely and we ordered tacos at 10 p.m. But last night I ordered onion rings at 11 p.m. And like, I'm too old for this. I can't, <laughs> I can't eat that food that late anymore. And so I'm just like, that was, I'm feeling, I'm feeling it this morning. Let's just, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> my five star moment is right now. It's this interview. <laughs> I mean, it's just I, nothing is going to be. This that will be today. her five star um, for the next three recordings. <laughs> this will be my five star. Just like assume this is my five star moment until the end of July, um, or yeah. actually probably until my kids start school in August. Because, like, let's be real. Um, and yeah. then my one star moment is really sad. Um, I'm pretty sure Charlotte has a dairy allergy. Um, oh. my kids don't drink a lot of milk. Like my kids don't do a lot of dairy and she had a really severe dairy and soy allergy as a baby. She had to be on this super expensive special formula that was like $14 yeah. a day or something insane. And yeah. we don't like, we tried with both of our kids to give them milk, like after they're off of bottles, neither of my kids were milk drinkers. And so we were just like, it's fine. We give you enough vitamin D and a supplement, whatever. Um, but the other night we made them dinner and they refused to eat it. And I'm like, then you can have cereal because I was like, this is not a restaurant. I'm not, we're not, <laughs> yeah. you know, you get what you get and you don't throw a fit is a big, um, yeah. something I say a lot in this house for a lot mm-hmm. of situations. So they each had three, don't throw a fit. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm <laughs> can- you get what you get, you don't get upset. Well, my kids throw fits yeah. about everything. Maybe you don't get upset might be when they're older and they, don't throw themselves on the ground and scream and by the way the meal i made them that they didn't like was pizza okay so we're just gonna we need them we're like pizza guys so yeah uh so i was even more also has dairy on it so okay but mozzarella apparently has like a very low um level of lactose so that's Mm. never seemed to bother her before um, plus like both my kids will take like half the cheese off of pizzas anyway, like lunatics. And, um, so anyways, they each had three bowls of cereal and she was so sick the next day. And I was like, the only thing I can think of is that it was the milk because she never yeah. eats cereal. Um, and so we got to switch. Now we're, we're doing uh, dairy free ice cream and dairy free, you know, almond milk and, and coconut milk. What yogurt. a sad life. I know. It's mostly an expensive life now because it was one trip to yeah. Whole Foods that cost like a mortgage, but it's fine. Yeah, um, it's and fine. hopefully she'll be okay. A lot of people have said that they like kids usually grow out of it at some point. Um, but instead of like testing the water, I'm like, we're just going to switch everything. And like, yeah. Thankfully, neither of them really deal with us. eat a lot. The biggest thing for them is ice cream because my kids love ice cream. Um, but they had dairy free ice cream last night and did not notice it was different. So. There you, there you go. There you go. Um, mom life. Right, right, Robin, what, what is a one in five star moment for you? Oh goodness. Um, I don't know. It's been a crazy. It's been a, so the last five days, seven days have been pretty crazy for me. Um, the the school year goes late here in Paris, mm-hmm. so last week was full of a ton of things, including my daughter graduating from eighth grade. So I'm going to call that oh. five star. There you go. Such a big too. My daughter had like a big boat party. They both had like their proms and boat parties are like on boats on the Seine, which is kind of Okay. Are your kids like loving living in Paris? Like what a dream to like when you're a teenager be like, we're going to move to Paris and you're just going to be like, you're going to be fine. 
it's pretty extraordinary. I mean, every day here is I step outside and like even when the dog needs to be walked at like six in the morning and it's still dark but you're in, in the winter. Yeah. In Paris. Like how can yeah. you complain? It's you just can't. every day is lovely. I've been I feel in Paris like I'm living in I was fifteen and it was I was there for two weeks. Oh, that's a fun was, time to go. Um it was yeah. a school trip. Actually, oh, wow. to be, um six teachers each got to pick six students. I mean you had to pay for it obviously, but um Six teachers yeah. got to pick six students, and uh, my English teacher—I was one of one of my English teacher picked—and it was very, like, it was very art heavy. So it was art teacher, music yeah. teacher, and all of the English teachers. So it was very like museums, and it was very culture. But the biggest thing was that we, um, our parents, could sign a permission slip that we could drink. So yeah. we were wow. all trying to be fancy. Yes. So um, if your parents signed a permission slip, <laughs> most everyone's parents did. Well, okay. It wasn't like we were like going to the pounding things. They've recently, they've recently changed the drinking age. It used to be 16, but now uh-huh. it's 17 for wine and beer and 18 for hard alcohol. That oh. said, if you look 14 and up, they'll much I never once, time. not one person in Paris asked us. Like, But we yeah. were trying to be yeah. very fancy and drink wine, and we were 15. Oh, yeah. So like, I was like, this is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> this is nasty. I do not like this. I don't like wine. Now I'm like, what time is it? And I have my wine. Um, okay, so what's your one star moment, Robin? Oh goodness. Uh, it's okay to not have what? one. By the way, it's okay to just like, like the week was great. It was great. The week was great. I don't. Yeah, I don't really have any lows. I got really sick. I, I have a really sensitive stomach, and so. I can get sick really easily, like from shellfish or like it could be anything random. And it used to, I used to be able to eat all shellfish and then very slowly I had to like start eliminating like clams and mussels and lobster. But I ate something the other night and I didn't think there was any shellfish in it, but but it just did not agree with, it's called tarama, I guess. I don't know if you guys, it's like, I, it's, I see it all over here and it's kind of like a, Kind of like a hummusy cream cheese kind of texture, mm. but it's made with like fish eggs and it's really kind of yummy. And it, it kind of mm. tastes a little like like smoked salmon cream cheese. Kind My of husband of would light. love that. It's yeah, very good. Love that. Um, and I think that, but I, I had maybe too much and I don't know. I'm really hoping I don't have a salmon allergy, but uh-huh. it agree with me. But I felt like, oh my God, I'm going to die. And yeah, that's the worst. <laughs> And I went, a friend of mine took me to this uh, production, this theater production at the Louvre late at night. So we got to go into the Louvre after hours. And <gasps> it was amazing, first of all, because yeah. I've never been in front of the Mona Lisa and there was only 10 of us in there. Ten- right. It was incredible. But then this production was in the courtyard and I started feeling not so good. And it's mostly in French, partially in Italian. And then I was like, I'm going to die. And I'm trying to focus on the language. And then like, I was like, I a can't low- understand what's happening. I, I, feel like I I'm can't dying. translate and feel like this at the same time. <laughs> and I'm like, I was. And it's like, and it's this magic, it's like an interior courtyard that's not usually open to the public. Like I'd never been in this space before. And it was like a summer night. I mean, it was incredible. And yeah. yet I wanted to, like, I was going to vomit. <laughs> and I was like, Fine. Yeah. When I was pregnant with Liam, I'm like a huge Counting Crows fan. Like Counting Crows are like my all-time favorite band. I've seen them live like at least 25 times. And Andrew and I went when I was pregnant with Liam. This is related. 
And uh, we went to a Mexican <laughs> restaurant, a very popular Mexican restaurant in Dallas before called Mi Casina. And I, when I was pregnant with Liam, I like only wanted spicy food, but my body had like a very, it was like, absolutely not. But my no. brain was like, yeah. absolutely. And we were sitting yeah. in the concert and I was having a good time. And I was like, Andrew, I feel like I'm dying. I was like, I feel like I'm having a heart attack. And it was my first time to have heartburn. And I was like, I literally, I thought I was having a heart attack. I... <laughs> So I'm like trying to focus on my favorite band. They're playing my favorite song ever. And I, my husband was looking at me and he's like, are you okay? I was like, no, I think I'm going to die. Like I yeah. seriously think I'm dying. And the counting concert. The counting gross concert. I was like, this we, is We just get a little off. dramatic. Right. And then yeah. I was sweating. I was like, I was yeah. like what is yeah. wrong with me? And it was heartburn. Yeah. But it's fine. Yeah. Just, it was heartburn. Yeah, it was heartburn. Guys, <laughs> okay, this is my first pregnancy. I was fine. exactly yeah. 20 weeks pregnant. I remember it vividly. It's a core memory. It's a core. People say like core memory. Um, core memory. Yeah. yeah. Core. At the county. It's like when Liam, Liam will ask if he's been to concerts. I was like, you went to a lot of them when you were in my tummy. Yeah. <laughs> You've been to lots of concerts. Um, okay, Neely, what's a recent read you've read? Um, I have been, um, in my Emily Henry era, uh, we've talked about this Robin, but I like put off Emily Henry books for a long time. Cause I felt like they were going to be too overhyped and I was going to hate them. And I have a thing about books that are super, super popular where it concerns right. me. Cause I'm like, if I don't like it, is there something wrong with me? Um, right. I feel like they're so polarizing. Uh, so this is my second of her book to read. I read people we meet on vacation, loved it. And I'm almost done with beach read, loving it, love everything about it. Her books are fantastic. I'm mad that I waited so long. Uh, her character development is some of the best I've ever read. I think she's a brilliant writer. Um, I just, I hope she writes a million more books because I will she's read them the day she's Ranking out like one a year. She is. Yeah. And yeah. they're so, it, I mean, I still have two more after this. I'm like, but I was telling Rachel, I'm like savoring them. It's like, I think some books I like, will love and I'm trying to just like read, 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 read. And hers, I'm like, I'm like being so slow with it because I'm like, I'm just enjoying right. it. Like I just want does to enjoy it. Does she? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I think so. If she does, she definitely doesn't post anything about um, that. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I, I don't. I, really? I bow down to authors who can crank out a book a year because I just. Some of the authors that we've talked to, like we have a lot of indie authors on and they'll crank right. out like six a year. Like it is wild. Like, yeah, I don't know how people do it. I don't. Know it is crazy. Yeah, I'm They're not. Like, oh yeah, my next one. Uh, one's coming out in July, and then my next one will be out in October. Right. And I'm like, yeah, how? Yeah. How? Yeah. <laughs> or they'll be like, I'm not mad about it. But like, even we'll, even we'll be like looking up authors. I could not write like that. No, no, no. it's not, not normal. Not no, it's not normal. It's not. But okay. I think too, like a lot of those authors are writing like series. So like, it'll be like a sport, right. like we do a lot of sports romance. And I feel like, I don't want to say it's easier because I am not a writer. Kennedy, so. Kennedy Ryan huh? does. Yeah. Yes. Like Kennedy yes, Ryan. yes. 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 Yeah. Kennedy Ryan. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, I kind of wonder in those worlds exactly. if it's a little bit easier just because you're like in the same world and like... If you're in the same world and your characters are established and you know them so well, like, and speak to you all the time, then it's easier. I, I would absolutely say that. But I think establishing a world just takes time. And oh, mm -hmm. we spend 1,000%. And like, with Emily Henry, 
and backstory. Like that's a lot of work. And with Emily Henry, yeah. all of them are different worlds and different right. people. And yeah. they're all like very flawed, complicated characters that mm-hmm. um, you need a full backstory on. And right. that's something I actually love about it. I will tell people that I'm like, they're not spicy. Don't read her books looking for like some crazy sex scenes. You're not going to find them. Right. Yeah. But you will, however, find beautiful stories. So I wonder if people like Emily um, have like this like trove of, of, of like old journals and stuff like that, that they're pulling from, you know what I mean? Like that they, mm-hmm. stories and like, you know, just files and files and files. Yeah. That you've got, you're like saved. You're like, okay, I think I'll, I'm, let me go work yeah, on this one. Like, yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like if you were like to pick things up and be like, okay, this is something I started in college. I don't know, but now it's time to like really knock it out. Mm, like, yeah. That would, if that we would ever have sense. Emily, if you ever would like to come on our podcast, um, Robin yeah. is giving us good questions to ask you. And <laughs> I'm making notes. Yeah. Robin is going <laughs> to come on. She is going <laughs> to interview you. And Rachel and I are just going to sit here and watch. Um, so Robin, when it looks or Robin, do you want to share a book next? Um, so I read this book. Um, it's not out yet. It's coming out in November called Maybe Once, Maybe Twice. And the author's name is Allison Rose Greenberg. I was asked to blurb it because um, we have the same publicist. And it's St. Martin's Press as well. It'll be St. Martin's okay. Press book. Uh, and it's a story about a woman kind of deciding between two men in her life that kind of, in, a, in the story, like, it goes back and forth in time. It goes back and forth between these two guys or kind of like inter, you know, she... It's like, what if? It's kind of like a sliding doors kind of thing. Right? <gasps> oh, that's like my favorite. I love reading books yeah. like that so, so much. And you know who she's going to end up with and uh, and the sex scenes deliver. Um, Tell us, us. That. We're here. We're here yeah. for it. <laughs> Have you ever read, um, I know you know Taylor Jenkins Reid. Have you read Maybe in Another Life, her book that's kind of like that? Uh, yes. Hold on. Yes. It's the one it's with the, the one where, Yes. Yes. The one with the cinnamon rolls. It's the one where, like, does she leave the party with her best friend or does she leave yes. with her high school sweetheart? Right. I and it's, cannot remember all the details. I read it a long time ago. It was so – I remember reading but, it and just being like, what a great concept. She's got, like, that and, like, and one true love. Like, she, I don't know where – how – Daisy Jet, like, I don't know where – all of them. All of them. I'm like, Taylor, where are you getting these ideas from? Like, I really think these are people who have – We've had incredible ideas our entire lives, and then yeah. sit down. And, and like, I am like, I know people love Daisy Jones and Evelyn Hugo. I am like right. the biggest fan of her first four books. I, I mean, all of her books are very good, but like I started right. reading her books when the um, true romance oh, after I do her, like, yep. after yeah. so stupidly read after I do on my honeymoon like some sort of lunatic, and I was <laughs> like, what is wrong with me, like? Guys, if you just I, look at the title, it seems like it would be a good, yeah, sure. a good choice. I, yeah. This was me basing something off a title and reading. This is pre-TikTok when I couldn't look up a book's aesthetic to see if it was going to yeah. like, be my vibe. And I was like, right. okay, like, after I do, forever interrupted. Sure. Both sound like great honeymoon reads. My husband's like, why are you crying? I'm like, I don't want to talk to you right now. Like, I can't. <laughs> we're like, we're sitting in Hawaii on this we're beautiful on beach. I need you to go away. We've been married for four days and I'm just like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, White Lotus. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That was the vibe on our honeymoon. It was very White Lotus. No. 
Well, I've talked about this. He did get a head injury the first day of our honeymoon. Oh, um, no. What happened? He, went, oh, my he was snorkeling Sorry. and he wanted to go touch a sea turtle because he's 30. Um, at the time, he was 30. And he went too far down and he tore the membrane between like, like where his spinal fluid is and had spinal fluid pouring out of his nose. You guys, I wish I was Hold kidding. on, because he went too far too low because he went too, too far the- he went too far too fast um Whoa. and yeah and let me tell See, you that would never happen such a phobia of sharks i'm not i'm uh, staying also right it never happened to me because yes. i stay on the surface or on the beach and i'm like you do right. you um and my <laughs> preferably date. by the pool yeah i'm really more of a by the pool looking at the beach kind of girl but thankfully my father-in-law is a neurologist and so we're like on the phone with my father-in-law and he connects us with another neurologist she's like okay like this is what you need to do and i'm like wow you're like really taking that sickness and health thing real serious like we just (laughs) said it i thought we'd have i thought we'd have like a few weeks to you know be married before i had to wake up every hour and take your temperature to make sure you didn't have some kind of infection (laughs) Anyway, we're still married. It's oh. um, all good. All good. Anyway, uh, Rachel, <laughs> what did you read this week? Wow. Okay, so I read, um, I got an ARC. I think it actually comes out uh, as of the day we're recording. It'll definitely be out by the time this uh, episode airs, but it's called Behind the Net by Stephanie Archer. Um, it's a, Stephanie's an indie author, and I have raved about her Queen's Cove series. I absolutely love it. Um She's coming on the podcast, so we'll get to talk to her soon. Friend of the pod. Um, She is, uh, this was her first hockey romance, and we love a hockey romance. Neely and I uh, have found that it's very exotic. Because we live in Texas. We know we live in Texas. Plays hockey. And we know nothing about hockey. We're like, <laughs> we're like, what is Tell us about We don't know. So yeah, so we're all about it. So this is a, a he's a goalie and it's a grumpy sunshine and he just is super broody and I love that. Um so it was a great read, uh really quick, um, just fun. And then there's another coming in the series. Uh the second one is uh gonna be the main female main character's sister and then like a rival hockey person oh, we love rivals. So, uh, okay you guys ever seen the movie young blood no no oh my god is that what's right that's it right hold on i'm just double checking yes run young blood from like 1980 before you guys were born 86 with i was born. i was born okay i was so I was not. I'm almost 40. I'm so <laughs> hold on, hold on. I'm just reading the premise. I'm a big Rob Logan. By the way, I don't know if you're um, a memoir person. His is fantastic. If you are oh, a celebrity no, memoir person, yeah, I, yeah, I'll, I'll one check one of the better ones. I'm okay, a big so Rob Logan. Oh, sorry. Tell us about Youngblood. He's like an inspirational National Hockey League player in this thing, and he's super cute. He's on ice, and if you like, I'm gonna Rob watch Lowe it because. Crime, but young Rob Lowe, like being like completely flawless, his face is just. Oh, I, I have to tell you, and yet, I still quote. <laughs> I have to tell you, so Saint Elmo's Fire is one of my all-time favorite movies. Like I've probably seen Saint Elmo's Fire like six hundred times, and to me, that is like quintessential young Rob Lowe. Rachel has no idea what we're talking about because she was definitely. Oh no, no, you have to see. You have to see Oxford Blues also. That's yes. young Rob Lowe, rowing. And then you have to see Class, which was just the, like, I I watched Class after the talk. Okay, 
he's roommates with, I think it's Andrew McCarthy, like in a prep yes. school. I love a good prep school love story. And mm-hmm. Andrew McCarthy and his has an affair with his mom. Also, if you oh, like a good prep school, if Rachel, if we're, we're going to give you an education on 80s movies. I'm school like, types. I'm learning so oh, yeah. much today. So, so like, um, and obviously I'm, I'm, I'm all for the older woman, young boy romance. This was a yeah. little, maybe a leader. Maybe, I don't know. I, I saw it a long time ago. I don't remember the age. It didn't matter to me then because I was like, their age. It's so okay. I didn't, I didn't, yeah. like, Rachel like, was part of an age gap relation. Rachel and her husband um, were not illegal, but we're not that big of an age gap. I was legal was, yeah. when we met. We okay. just are five years apart, but we met when I was 18. Yeah. So it was just a little bit scandalous. He was 13. I'm kidding. He was 23. Yeah. <laughs> right? Okay. I'm just kidding. No, no, no. Yeah. He was the older one and he was out of college. He had graduated. And so it was like, oh, this is a little bit scandalous, but now it doesn't matter. So when I was 14, I had a boyfriend who was 19. That was for sure illegal. But my parents yeah, wouldn't let me leave the house with him. He could come over and he would come over on Wednesday nights and watch Beverly Hills 90210 with me. And we each had to have two feet on the floor. So, and that was, um, <laughs> Maylee, your, your middle school memories are the highlight of my life, honestly. I was that in middle amazing. school. I was in ninth grade. I was in ninth grade. Okay, he was a well, senior. I was a freshman. He was a senior. Both of you were on the floor. Both of you were on the floor. Yeah, I think he'd been held back. To be fair, my husband was a 19 year old senior. Our birthdays are one day apart, but I graduated high school a year before him. My mother in law held him and his brothers all it's becoming a lot more okay. popular here i don't know yeah 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 how it is yeah um, no 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 but yeah in the year, my is, uh, yeah especially with boys. boys yeah yeah because he's a late, he's a late summer yeah my husband's well, ours, he's ours can be ours can oh, be wow. late bloomers or they just want them to be bigger for football right in Texas, it's mostly they want them to be bigger for sports, like if we're being real. Yeah. Um, so into the interview. Robin, <laughs> tell us about yourself, where you're from. How'd you get into writing? Because you, you have you had a whole other career first. So tell us tell us about you. I am from America. I I was born and raised in New York. Uh, both my parents are from Jamaica. So I was like a child of immigrants. Um and then I lived in LA after college, shortly after law school. I lived in LA for several years before moving here to Paris. Um, I, goodness, I have loved two things my entire life, which were acting and writing. But since I was very, very little, doing both, and both of them really for pleasure. And uh, I, uh, my parents really didn't want me to be an actor they kind of steered me away from it especially because it's like we didn't come to this country for you to be an mm-hmm. artist how crazy mm-hmm. is that and you so uh, be a player. <laughs> uh, exactly i majored in psychology in in college and then uh came out and said i wanted i really wanted to give acting a shot um at some point and Oh, that's that's watching. Watching. It's, yeah, our it's our washing machine. It's our washing machine. I was like, I was like, it's quiet. I told you, it does a little digging for you. You could like dance. Okay. Um, and so I, I went to law school because they were kind of like, I made a deal with them that I could pursue acting if I was, if I'd take the LSAT. And so I did. And gosh, I'm, 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 I'm cutting out a lot of 
stuff and and uh, <laughs> I'm like and things that I've done uh, because it's just so convoluted. But I've been acting professionally for more than two decades now. I started in New York and then uh, went to LA and continued to pursue it. And writing was always something I just did for fun and to kind of get away from acting. Not to get away, but like to be able to express my craft because with acting, you're kind of you're an artist, but you're always waiting for permission to like mm-hmm. practice your art. And writing was something I could do on my own at any point in time yeah. and have some permission for it at the end of the day and feel really great about it. And so I've just written books for myself for a very long time. I, I wrote my first book when I was 14, back when Neely had to keep two feet on the floor. Yeah, and, uh, two feet on the floor, guys. <laughs> two feet. Eyes forward. I, Always remember. I had, I had no boyfriend at 14, so it's all going on in my head, and I started writing then. <laughs> and then just kept on writing and kept on writing. I wrote my first book, and it was 884 pages handwritten. Oh, my God. First of all, um, I'm impressed that you could write that. I write like a grocery list handwritten, and I'm like, my hand hurts. Like, I just, uh, oh no, well, yeah, it, it took a year to write that. You know, still but, um, impressed. I was talking, talking to my daughter that I used to have like this, like blister on my on my middle finger from writing for years and years and years, and then it's it, like I just noticed, like, oh, it's gone. It's because I. I I never write anymore. Like I'm, it's always on my laptop. Or, yeah. When I have to write something, even like sign my name, I'm like, how do I do that? Like you like almost <laughs> forget in a way. Cause mm-hmm. like, you're just not used to it. Uh, I do write a pen and paper to do list every day to keep it fresh. I like, I like to write. Yeah. Like, and, and, and now I write in my journal a little less frequently. I kept a journal like religiously for decades. Um, and then I kind of stopped after I found my husband because I kind of felt like it was like this. It was like between like eight and like thirty or twenty-seven, whatever it was. It was kind of like, you're like I'm gonna put these away now. <laughs> who am I gonna be? Who am I gonna end up with? And then once I found him, I was like, oh, there's nothing really to write about. Okay. <laughs> well, he is great. Dear diary, he's great. We're we're done here. I found him. <laughs> yeah. The end. All right. Um, but uh, yeah, so I wrote books for myself like for pleasure and then I uh shortly after my son was born after a year after my son was born I started writing a book that I thought okay we have to wait for the laundry machine um <laughs> I, sorry I, guys okay I'm gonna publish this book but it took me it took about six years or so to write it and then I couldn't sell it and I was really kind of devastated mm-hmm. and I didn't write for a good two years and then I got the idea for the idea of you and I was like I kind of like this. I think this could be really good. I could have a, I could be really good at it. Um, I feel like I had all these yes. little moments in my life that were leading up to writing this book. Mm-hmm. And, but I wasn't going to, I didn't want to take another six years to discover that I couldn't sell it. So I was kind of like on a mission to write it in real time. And so I started writing the book in April, 2014. And the book starts in April, 2014. And the book ends in April, 2015. And I, I finished it in July. I finished it on my birthday, July 16th, 2015. Happy early That's birthday. Great. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> um, and then I spent, I don't know, I sent it out to my writer's group and I workshopped, they workshopped it. I did notes. And so by October 14th, I had a, a version that I thought was good enough to send out to agents. And the first agent I sent it to fell in love with it. And... I signed with him. He spent about three months doing his notes, gave them to me. I spent three months 
doing all the edits, and then we sold it within two weeks. It happened oh so God. quickly. Wow. Nothing and else what in my gave life. you? I mean, I've said I've read the idea of you like I don't even know how many times, but like uh, minimally at least twenty-five, if not more. What gave you the idea specifically for that? Because, and we'll get to it. I know people love to say that it's based on Harry Styles. And yeah. I know you're like, it's not based on Harry Styles. Um, um, there's, a, there's definitely some Harry in there, It's, but it's not Harry You're Styles. like, guys, guys, she's saying it now. Okay. Like, I need people <laughs> to hear this. It's not based on Harry Styles. We um, love Harry Styles. Um, Whenever I tell somebody about the book, they're like, is oh, this yeah, the one that's based on Harry Styles? I'm like, it's- oh, God, I hate that more than anything. Hold on. Here it is. No, is it? Yes. I made a list of all the muses that went into making Hayes Campbell. And it was one, two, three, four, five, six. Hold on. She's like, none of them were Harry. What? No. <laughs> no, Harry was in there. Um, one, it's two, the hair. Three. We pulled the hair from Harry. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. 21 people. Wow. But what gave you the idea? Like, you heard it like, here. <laughs> you heard it here, guys. It's a combination of 21 perfect men. We took a little bit of age. We made them the perfect man. Yeah. And people I know, like, you know, my husband and then a bunch of ex lovers and then celebrities and random Because no stars. one man, like, no one man, and like no not trying to perfect. insult anyone's husband. No, um, no one man, no one man has that kind of sexual stamina. Okay, like that's just um, all I'm gonna um, say. About well, no, well, maybe some do. Say- Guys, <laughs> when you've been married for ten years and you're both almost forty, maybe it's just that I don't remember being twenty. Okay, it's been a minute. It's been a minute, and I guess when I do think back, yeah, at that age, maybe. You Go back and be like, oh, what what happened then in my 20s? But you know what's interesting to me is I feel like, and like obviously like this is what's interesting about the books, like 20-year-old men definitely have that kind of sexual stamina, and I feel like 40-year-old women definitely have that kind of sexual Mm -hmm. stamina. And I feel like that's just, it works. Yeah, that's that's the best pairing. What made you... What made um, you decide that each chapter was going to have a different city? So, um, hmm. how, do I, how do I say this without giving too much away? I may no. You can I can't, spoil I can't. it. <laughs> you can spoil the book. Yeah. Well, it's not, it's not spoiling the book. Oh, oh I was like, like it's been it. six years, people. You've if you're listening, you've read it. If you're haven't read it. Um, may or may have not been in a relationship at a time. Where that was the vibe? Where it was kind of like, meet me at this place or meet me at this hotel. Um, I'm mostly just jealous, yeah. honestly. Um, yeah. and so, so there's some, so there's some real they, life in this. Yeah, but they were not, there were not all these beautiful locations. Most of these locations I've been to in the book, but they were not all with that one guy. I definitely, I, mean, I definitely have my favorite book location, or it's really just my favorite chapter, which is Anguilla, which I think is a popular favorite. Um, it's my favorite part. And Anguilla is where I went with my for my honeymoon, so that's how. Like, <gasps> I oh, love that. I love that. I've never been to Anguilla. We've been to Antigua twice, not the same, but um, I would love oh, to go to Anguilla. Yeah. Um, so you, so you had this idea in your head, and what? Uh, 
what made so you, I, I mean, you, so I joked to my husband, um, I, I'd been up, oh gosh, my husband was away on business. My kids were young. I was home one night watching YouTube. I went down this like rabbit hole and like found this cute boy. Um, and, uh, and when my husband came back, like two days later, I was like, oh my God, I found the cutest guy ever. <laughs> but like, I'm thinking about leaving you and the kids. Yeah, and let like, me show just, you. Yeah. yeah, just like going off and like chasing him down. But he's like half my age. And he was like, you're crazy. I always say things like this all the time. Obviously, yeah. I'm not leaving. Not, not obviously, but I'm not leaving my husband anytime soon. And that was like 10 years ago. Um, <laughs> I definitely wasn't leaving him bed. So and he said, you're crazy. But that would make a really great book. Wouldn't it, though? And he, like, like an older woman with kids or a kid mm-hmm. having a relationship with a guy half her age, like, like in a band, like someone uber famous. Yeah. And I just, I kind of, it all kind of clicked for me. And I just knew, like, oh, I could do this. I could, not only I would have fun doing this, but I'd be good at it. Like, I used to write... Yeah. I used to write like Duran Duran fan fiction before fan fiction was a thing. Oh, like, everybody <laughs> drink. Anytime fan fiction's that's a different kind of fan fiction. But um, oh, really? I Rachel know. is a I, big fanfic person. I love fan so. fiction. Okay, so we just I have whole my own. fanfic episode. Oh, okay. So I have reams and reams of stories about Duran Duran um, that I wrote in my teens, and uh, but things I could I I feel like I knew them so well or you know, the idea of them so well. I, and I wrote, I could write the dynamic of a band and I could write in British accents. Cause I was like, I, can I write for British guys? Like, like I wanted the band to be British cause it was more exotic. You have to be British. <laughs> it's an American band. It and, I just feel like it wouldn't have hit the like, same if it was like the Backstreet Boys, right? Like that just would have been no, a different No, accent. Yeah. Like, no. Are like Owie? No. I mean. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. Owie and AJ. Yeah. No, no offense, yeah. Nick Carter, no. but like. That just would have had a different, different vibe. Somebody else can write that. Probably story. Right. Totally. Totally. And then I'd, I'd, um, at some point, I had uh, I'd I'd had a company. I started a company with a friend of mine when we were still in college, and we were we were managing a girls' group, and we got through our connections. We people we knew. We got one of the new kids on the block to produce for our group. Um, and they were kind of still like at the height of their fame. And so mm-hmm. I knew, I spent enough time with them that I knew what that was like. Like I knew what it was like to- The dynamic. Be with people. Yeah, it was crazy. Not not, yeah. not yeah. Like the dynamic between them, well, between them, but also like the fandom, like constantly yes. yeah. following you. Yeah. Like banging on the side of the van and like, and climbing mm-hmm. on the car and it was, and like, sneaking into hotels and all this stuff and security yeah. with them all the time. And it was, it was insane. I but will I, never I understand guess. that kind of fandom because like, maybe I just am not passionate enough about like any celebrity or music group, but like right. that just seems like my, right. Like the worst. Also, Except I just don't really like crows. crowds. Um, oh, I have yeah. been backstage with the counting crowds. We, a friend of mine had a thing <laughs> with one of the guitarists and we definitely did shots with them before a concert one time. Not the same concert where I was pregnant. Different concert. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Just in good case. Just wanna, I just want to make sure everyone knows I was not doing tequila shots whilst pregnant with Liam or any time since I turned 24 because I can't do that now. <laughs> 
Um, so now I just sip straight tequila. So. Yeah, now I'm like, we're going <laughs> to yeah, be sipping yeah. the tequila. We're not going to be shooting the Jose Cuervo. Um, right, well, there you go. But yeah, um, so I knew so I knew that little um, boy band thing. And I'd seen so many in concert, too. Like, mm-hmm. because I was in the music industry for a while. But I'd, like, mm-hmm. I have seen Duran Duran, New Kids, New Edition, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, Justin Timberlake solo. Like, I had a list, oh, like, man. a mile long. And through the years, like through teens into my, well into my 20s, even my 30s, um, Bobby Brown. Like I'm thinking of like all these people that I'd seen that were like either in a boy band once or, or a yeah. boy band. So I, I knew what the, what the craziness of those concerts were like. I, I didn't have to experience it again at 40. Like I, it was all very fresh in my head and that screaming girl energy. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I knew what it was like being older and looking at it and kind of like observing these girls. And I knew what it was like to have been one of those girls. Yeah. So I felt like I was writing, there was as much of me in Isabel as there was in Celine. This was a dog oh, yeah. and the mom. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you wrote so, yeah. some really well-rounded characters, which we've talked about. And Hayes is not, like, I feel like when you think of a boy band, you think of a very typical pretty boy. And he's not, I mean, he's pretty, but he's not a typical pretty boy. He's very <laughs> smart, very worldly, very wise, like very much wise beyond his years. How did you decide to give him such a strong sense of self versus like just being kind of a Um, whatever? Well, because I thought, so I was writing him like for me, (laughs) but then then also for Celine. She's like, if I was to have an affair with a 20 year old, like what would I (laughs) have? Like you might have sex with him a couple of times and then it's like, you're not going to keep my, no 20 year old is going to like really keep my interest for that long. Unless yeah, but how would he keep her? He, yeah, how would he keep her interest? He have to. I needed someone who was going to be smart. I needed someone who was going to be worldly and outside of the fame thing, like who'd had experiences before. So I, I had to give him like a posh background so that he'd done things before he became a celebrity. You had to give him the older um, woman before. Not I had to give him an older woman who yeah. have some skill set and not just oh I'm I'm really good technically in bed but like emotionally I'm a little bit yes. more mature yes um, so I, I had to I had to make him a curious and interesting person and and to stand out from his bandmates as well who are all good looking and posh but, but they're more just have kind of like the yeah they're, they're more, more like, like hey, pretty boy types I have to, yeah. I had rather to than he had to be someone substance. that I could fall in love with Right, exactly. You have to have a little more substance. And then I also, because of who I wanted her to be, mm-hmm. I knew that in order to keep her interest, he had to have all these things. Yeah. Yes. You know, um, like a she house, was. or just, not to say anything bad about housewives, but you know what I'm saying? Like, no. he traveled the world for her business. Like, she's got this incredible yes. career, and like, and she's exposed to all this art and interesting mm-hmm. people and whatever. And in order to have someone that was going to like, keep her interest you have and to, it works yeah. both ways for them yeah. you know absolutely well, and i feel like so, a lot of age gap stories that you read are a lot of older men and younger women um and mm-hmm. so it was for me it was really refreshing to you know when i think the first time i read the book i had to have been probably 35 i'm oh, i'm 39 now but i think i was 34 35 and um so i feel like even just like being closer to Selene's age like seeing the reverse of that seeing an older woman with a younger man. Um, right. I mean, did you kind of know, and you've talked a little bit about this, but did you know that you'd want to do that sort of age gap versus 
yeah. versus Daniel's age gap, and I use quotations, yeah. <laughs> which is more like the typical that nobody is. I mean, like nobody bats an eyelash if it's an older, like if it's no. a four-year-old man, nobody is going to say one thing. They're going to be like, oh, right. "Good for him." But when it's a forty-year-old woman and a twenty-year-old man, it's like, "Oh, oh," like it's very right. judgy. I don't like the book came out in 2017 and not to get political at all, but it was. Oh, no, we can't. We all probably have the same Mm -hmm. vibe here. It was the first year of the Trump presidency and it was. um, A dark time for us all. Yeah. But but it was also early on in, it was also the year, the same year as Emmanuel Macron was elected president of France. Mm -hmm. His wife. Bridget Macron is was one of his school teachers, but they are like I don't remember what it is twenty five years apart twenty four there's a there's a pretty big uh-huh. age gap. But I've done the research and they were the exact same like within maybe eleven months of their age gap is between Dan um, Daniel I can't remember his name Donald and Donald and Melania, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I was like no one was talking about. The, the age gap between Donald Trump and Melania, like no one, and yet no. everyone's focused on. And I'm not talking about in France. I'm talking about in America because. Oh France yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's totally under. It's totally. Well, I, I see all the time. Like, it's if if I mean not to get political. If people did a lot of the things that Donald Trump did, it's like he yeah. somehow has some sort of like shield like, where it doesn't matter. Immunity. Anyway, I could go on a whole ass tangent there, but I won't. Yeah. Oh, okay. And just how, how we would totally, uh, if the reverse happened, the uh, like you were talking about it, with the president of France, if that had happened in the United States, we w- uh, there's no way he would have been elected. It just wouldn't have happened. Yep. And that is insane to me. Um, mm-hmm. And to a lot of people, I think it, it should be insane. But right. uh, here we are. Here we are in 2023. Well, and like, and it's still not an issue. Not to like uh, out my mom, I don't think she would care. But when my parents got divorced, my mom was 40. She would not care. My mom is like very whatever. Um, And my mom began a relationship with a man who was in his early 20s. And they were together for 15 years. And I was seven or eight at the time. And so like, I think to me too, um, reading the idea of you, I was like, I I mean, he wasn't like a rock star. But like, my point is, is like, I'm I'm sure, and I would have to ask my mom this, like, I'm sure she felt some judgment from people. I mean, like, can you imagine just like showing up to the PTA meetings and like, you're newly divorced. This is 1992 when it wasn't super common to be divorced, first of all. Second of all, you now have this like very young boyfriend who is like, I don't know, probably was closer to my age technically than my mom's age. And I mean, I'm sure like, and, and this comes up in the book a lot too, right? Like there's some parents who are, I mean, there's that, I cannot for the life of me think of her friend's name, but it's the friend's mom who's like, oh no girl, like I'm about this yeah. for you. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. she like yeah. sits George, on the patio. George. Yeah, it's yes, George's George George mom. Yes. And she's like very supportive of it. But like, I feel like in general, like from Selene's world, she gets very mixed support. Whereas I don't think um, if it was reversed, there would have been mixed support. I think it would have been like, good for you, buddy, with like a punch on the shoulder. Right. So a a big part of writing this was um, me turning 40 and as an actress in LA watching the roles get like smaller and fewer and farther mm-hmm. between 
and mm -hmm. realizing how we write off women in this culture and that you're so long, you're no longer after a certain point in Hollywood, you're no longer considered viable. You're not fuckable. You're not valuable. Yep. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like my, and, and it's happening at a time that we're kind of coming into our power, right? Like you're kind of like hitting your stride in your career often around 40. Mm -hmm. And at the same time that America tells you that you, you, you're not like worthy. You're not like, yeah. Yeah. maybe your brain is still there, but you physically, we really don't want anything to do with you. And that was very um, upsetting, unsettling, I would say. And mm -hmm. it would make me infuri infuriating to a degree. And I wanted to kind of explore that and kind of like, yes. sure, like especially if you're coming into your, like if, if you're divorced and you're single and you're whatever, you're coming into yourself and into your like sexuality or mm -hmm. not coming to you, but like reclaiming that part yeah. of you. Well, and she feels, she feels so to me as a reader, so comfortable in her own skin. I mean, sure. Like when they're first starting to date and she's, you know, they're on a trip and there's these young girls by the pool and she's kind of like, Oh, right. like that's weird. But like in general, she's very comfortable with her sexuality, with her body, right. with her. I mean, she's so comfortable in her own skin. And as somebody who's 39, I feel like personally, I'm the most comfortable with my body in my skin that I have been way more so than when I was 17 or 22. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And so I love that because I feel like it's showing women like that's really, and I'm sure Rachel can agree, like the older you get, the more confident you get. And right. mm -hmm. I kind of feel like there's this like, yeah. yeah I and I feel like there's, kind of, you also know like what your body can do, like the power, like mm -hmm. it's not yes. just going to be, not you're not a mannequin you're not here just for show like it you mm -hmm. can grow people you can you can yeah. run <laughs> you can grow entire humans and i think when you realize that that it's this this incredible organ like you, you don't yeah. you don't you stop looking at it as just a showpiece you know the mm -hmm. way I love that. so much yeah. of our culture tells us to look at it mm -hmm. is, yeah so yeah Okay, so what is the scene or the part of the book we know Neely's favorite that people bring up the most? Um, other than the ending, because that's the we'll ending, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I use I don't hear it so often anymore because people don't really talk to me about scenes, but I used to hear a lot about the dining table scene. Oh yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. Um, yeah I, mm hmm. Mm hmm. And I know people I love when love she him. talks about when she he's like like later when they're at her gallery and he's like, Did I do that to you? And she's like, It's fine, I liked it. Um when they just like bends her over that. I love how she's like, I just think of this woman like getting bent over this same table. <laughs> like it's just it's so good. It's so good. I love any scene where they're in her house. Like yeah. like when he when he buys her the art, like it's just yeah, I know. It's fine, guys. I know. Um, <laughs> so this was the first truly like spicy book I've read. Like we did an episode about our our spice journeys, if you will. Right. And this was the first like like I say like my first really when I was young spicy book was Forever by Judy Bloom. That's like the first time I like read about sex in a book and like oh, yeah. not in like a but sex in like a normalized way, not sex yeah. in like a you know yeah. shameful way. Mm -hmm. um, right. And I didn't realize that there were books 
like this out there. Did you ever consider um, writing it to have so, less sex scenes or did the sex scenes was it, I mean, that was probably pretty important. So, okay. So I read forever when I was nine years old. Um, I was homesick. I was day. not much older. Yeah, Judy Bloom was my favorite author. I'd read all of her books. My absolute <sighs> favorite book of all time for the longest time was um, starring Sally J. Friedman as herself. I don't know if you guys have read that. I love her books so much. What Judy Bloom book. Um, so I knew that Forever was supposed to be spicy. I knew I wasn't supposed to be reading it, so I kind of hid it from my mom. I was sick mm-hmm. from school. Oh, we, we, we passed it around. It was seventh grade. We literally were passing it around like it was precious gold. We were like, it's your turn. Yeah, it's your turn. <laughs> um, and she found me when I had one chapter to go and was like, what are you reading? And then she took it away. I didn't pick it up again until I was 16, in which case I already knew everything because I was yeah. writing my own porn by then. But, yeah. um, <laughs> but talk about a book with another kind of like jarring ending, if you will. I don't, I don't even remember the ending. I don't remember the ending well, of that book. She goes, to, she goes to work at the tennis camp and she meets Theo, who's like a little bit older than her. This book except for yes. Ralph. So, oh yeah, we all remember Ralph. Rachel hasn't read it, but Ralph is what um, Michael, the boyfriend, names his dick. So, yeah. um, and what a terrible this, name. Yeah, y'all. This and book is ingrained in my brain. Oh my gosh. But anyways, totally. in the ending, she and Michael break up because, like, as as high school relationships do, and the sure. ending is her mom saying Theo called which is um, a guy who's in college that she met working at this tennis camp in the summer. So it's like very much like an open-ended, you don't quite know what's going to happen. It's not wrapped up in a bow. It's very, you know, to the reader's But we do appreciate Judy Bloom for, I mean, like Neely said, and one of the things we talk about over and over on this podcast is uh, how important it was for me, especially, and for Neely too, I think for a lot of people, to see sex without shame on mm-hmm. the page to see right. it be right. a joyful thing and something that is is good and happy and it doesn't sexy, have to just be between you know? um, a husband and wife something yeah. that can be yeah. yeah so I um so I kind of had this th- thirst for knowledge when I was younger and I wanted to know everything there was to know about sex and I and I mm-hmm. didn't I didn't like romance novels because I felt like they were kind of like you know, gl- glancing over it, like, and, and it was, it would, they'd use euphemisms and like, where they'd like, mm-hmm. it just felt, and I, I hated that. I hated the swashbuckling thing. I hated the Fabio covers. I didn't like guys with long hair. Oh, yeah. Like, you mean, like I, didn't cover. Yeah. I didn't like, I didn't like beefcakey muscular guys. I didn't mm-hmm. like reading about his member or whatever. I was like, this yeah. is, oh, don't even guy. get us started. Don't. <laughs> even get us started we've done an episode on our book x and i want things to be called what normal girls who are having a conversation would call them if you are sitting with your best friend and you're having a glass of wine how would you phrase it that's what i want you're not gonna be like he went into my folds right no i would never say to my best friend like he entered my center okay like that would never be a conversation that would happen I went to I went the opposite way and I read a ton of like so like psychology books and like social psychology whatever and like and like sexuality human sexuality like all these books like to learn about it like from professionals yeah. um, mm-hmm. and so that's kind of like my 
not, I guess my, my, not my introduction, but that was like, that's how I learned. And that's, that was always my base. And so when I started writing or when I've written before I'd write, when I'd write books, I, I wouldn't use it all that flowery language. I was just kind of like, as I say, like call a dick a dick or call it a penis mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that. But I don't, Give me like to me it's kind of also like how parents tell their kids to say it as like a cute name and I'm like right, teach yeah, your kids yeah. the anatomical words for these things yeah. and it does, thank them you. A, yeah. it does them a disservice should anything happen to them they can't describe their own yes body. but yes. like one of my yeah. girlfriends and I was telling Rachel this the other night one of my girlfriends called it like an like your vagina like a nene till she was 22 okay no. like y'all yeah yeah so no. I. So I kind of wrote this book as if she were writing it in her own journal, like she was kind of recounting what would happen. And so when I go back to look at my journals, they're exactly like, like there, there's a lot of detail beginning when you're discovering him, there's a lot of detail. And then, you know, after the fifth time you've had sex, you don't have to describe everything. It's the same day. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have to like, I didn't want it. <laughs> like unless you doing something new and interesting, I yeah. don't, I don't need to put it in on in my journal. This yeah. episode is going to be titled "It's the Same Dick." <laughs> just saying, so so you know. I've been for a while now, so I'm not writing about sex in my journals at all. <laughs> You're like, there's nothing. My husband would kill me. Journal. Hey, you guys. So, um, what was I going to say? So I didn't, I, so I didn't want to, I never wanted the sex to be, oh my God, I can never remember this word when I'm doing interviews, um, gratuitous. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to put, I didn't want to put them naked on the page unless they're going to be emotionally naked with each other. Mm-hmm. And so I figure each, any sex scene that's, that's portrayed, either we, the reader are learning, is learning something new and important about who they are, or they're learning something about each other. So they were mm-hmm. doing like something. It comes across because the more intimate they get sexually, the more intimate they get in their relationship, right? Like, right. yeah. Exactly. Like when you think about, I think about the scene um, where she draws him while he's asleep, and right. like they've just like made love on this chair and they're outside by the pool, and she draws him, and I feel like that, like everything about those scenes are so intimate, um, not just. Right sexually but emotionally intimate and that moment is intimate and I feel like that very much comes across and you kind of see the progression throughout the book of the intimate sex scenes with also the intimate emotional scenes Um, and you don't get that a lot I mean you you just don't like you don't get a lot of intimate emotions in books um and I know you said before I I was gonna say a lot of it I think it's just but the books I've been influenced by like I mostly read literary fiction Mm-hmm. I don't need a lot of romance. I wasn't following. I didn't. I wasn't following any formulas. I didn't know there was a formula. I didn't know there were tropes. I was. I was writing a love story as. Yeah. I thought a love story should have been written. Like if I was being honest with myself, and it was my story, and I was kind of yes. accounting it to a friend or, or keeping an account of it in my journals. Like this is how I would write the story, and I yeah. didn't. I wasn't really following any rules, and so I feel like that kind of freed me up in a way. I think that's um, why people like it. It's because it, it's, it, it's unexpected. Yeah. I also know mm-hmm. that people really, some people really want a happy ending. And I feel like, yeah, I want a happy ending. <laughs> and I, I mean, I will say like, I do love a formula. Like I love, I love to start a book and know that these people are going to end up together, but there's also right. something to be said if they don't 
but it's just a very well-written book and it's very realistic and in a realistic world and again spoilers guys in a realistic world like these two people are not going to end up together right right realistically she has a daughter who's going through not only feeling like the man she loves her mom stole because she's a child and she doesn't can't comprehend that but her also her parents have gotten divorced her dad is getting remarried her dad is having another child she as a mother would do is not going to put herself first. Protecting and yeah. yeah. She's yeah. protecting yeah. her child, but she's also protecting herself in a way because he's at the end of the day, he's still at the end of the book, he's twenty one. Like he's still yeah. in this band. Like yeah. he's still he's gonna like, change his mind when he's gonna time to yeah. yeah. And she knows yeah. that and I mean just how the book ends, like she knows like no matter which way this swings, she is going to be heartbroken. And yeah doing what's best for everybody at that point. I mean, gosh, like, I know you said these characters, um, you've said several times that they're very hard to let go of and that like, just like letting go of these people. Is there any in particular that have been harder to let go of or is it just them as a um, whole? Well, it's, it's them. I mean, it's all of it, but it's Selene and Hayes um, and more hate. I mean, I feel, I feel like there's so much of me in Selene, but mm-hmm. There's only a little of me in hate, I guess, and and I feel very protective of him and very um, attached to him. And I feel like that's so weird. I feel like he trusted me with something, and and no, it doesn't sound weird. I mean, I feel like no. it comes across on the page. I feel like when you, yeah, like I mean, know, people I, talk I, all I, the time. I, like people will come into your like, Facebook. Did you start the Facebook group? I started the Facebook group because I had a, I had a, a, a page and like an IMD, uh, idea of you page and someone like message box, but inbox me and said, you know, if you could do a private group, people would be more likely to be free about how they want to speak about whatever. And people like, will come in there like, I have the biggest book hangover. What do I read next? And that's why I listened to the audiobooks because I was like, I don't know what I can read right now because I yeah. can't, I can't let go of these people. Like I'm not right. ready to. Um, well, so I feel like that's, I, 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 yeah, I, I, maybe it's rare. I don't know. I, I have no, I did not expect this kind of response. Uh-huh. I, I, I knew I wrote a good book and I thought people would love it, but I didn't think that they'd hold on for so long or be so mm-hmm. angry that it would work out the way they wanted to work out or. People do um, have some like real yeah. opinions about it. Yeah, I mean, goodness. And it's like, because, like, at the end so of the day, you like, hear from people. Book, but, like, it's art. And I'm, like, I'm not going to sit here and criticize right. someone else's art. Yeah. And, like, tell someone yeah. how they should. I'm, like, I'm not going to go to a museum and be, like, you should have painted it this way. Um, right. So yeah, I'm not going to tell, way. like, writer, you should have done it this art. way. Because, like, as much as, like, the ending it straight up emotionally gutted me, it's still a beautiful ending to a beautiful book but people will come Rachel I need to add you to the Facebook group people will come into that group I know and just be like off yeah. their rocker and I'm like guys and I think readers there's something no. about readers and I don't know what it is that just feel like they have uh ownership over what well, they read I see I feel like was it always this way before social media because I, know, I, mean, no, I, don't I think, think it's like everything worse. else I think like everything else, yeah. social media exacerbates it. Cause like, what are you going to do if you read a book? This is, you know, 20 years ago, you walk into a bookstore and you buy a book and you read it and you have like, what are you going to do? Write the author a letter. Like that was probably like your only recourse like at that the, point. Right. Yeah. Um, 
but right now you can get on social media, you can get on Goodreads, you can get on Amazon, you can find a Facebook group, you can go to all these different places and you can like throw your feelings at it. And I mean, people in general with everything, with the influx of social media feel like they are entitled to tell you exactly how you should have done something like in any situation. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, I think it's important to be uh, mindful as a reader. I'm very, I am very mindful of, of what I consume, which is why I don't typically read books that don't have a happily ever after. And I'm like, but you, you know, like you can look and you can find this out. Like there's the information out there, right. especially with the book that's been out for as long as the well, idea. Especially we've talked about TikTok before a lot. Like it's there. If you, I tell people when I read a new book now, I go to TikTok, I type in the book name and I like to see the aesthetic videos because I want to make sure that I'm in a vibe with the book. You do this with the idea of you, like, you're no, you know what you're about to get. Like, you know, there's enough information out there. Like, you know, what's coming for the most part and you can choose not not to consume something. It's good that I don't, I'm not on TikTok and that's probably very good. It's a whole other world. Yeah. So I don't want to, I don't, when I'm reading a book, I, the less I know, the better. Like I, I will trust some friends' reviews, like, and I'm, I'm usually going for great writing. I, I'm definitely not mm-hmm. going for a happy end. And I don't want, I want to be taken on a journey. I don't know where I'm going to end up. Right. So if I mm-hmm. read yes. a romance, like, well, these two are going to end up together and that's going to be the ending. And how they get from A to Z is like, anyone's idea and and different authors will craft it different ways and they can make it really interesting but at the end of the day i know they're going to end up together Mm -hmm. and i i like to go into a story and and be taken on journey and not know where i'm going to end up and that's you would really like our friend diana elliott graham wrote a book called (laughs) about to say this and i think you would really like it it is a journey but it is so it's called when we were um, by Diane Elliott Graham. And I mean, it doesn't follow a formula of any kind. It is, it is a right. journey. I feel like I've it heard is about this. so well written. Oh my God. It is just, Rachel texted me. It's phenomenal. Like, what are you doing to me? Um, so, okay. Um, switching gears a little, cause we've talked about how, um, I was bamboozled by the ending. Can we talk a little bit about the movie or would you prefer to not? Um, so I, I'll be honest. I we don't know anything. Of questions. So, I know, okay, I guess I, it's more like the process of the movie. Like, um, people wanted a lot to of know questions if you were, from people. Yeah, we asked. Us. We put a question box up. I will tell you. Um, I looked through the questions and I removed ninety percent of them because some of them. And I love our <laughs> listeners. I was like, guys, I cannot ask her this. Okay, um, and I'm not gonna. Um, like somebody, several questions were, are you going to write a sequel? And I know you get that question all the time. Um, I get it all the time. Now I'm not writing a sequel. I never say never, although I used to say never, but. You're never like, say I, never. Know, I mean, I do know. I think it would be interesting to see where they were 10 years later? Yeah. I wouldn't do that. Do I want to see where they are 10 years? I mean, I, oh no, I'm I saying like, would I love to see it? Sure. But I also am very okay with just like leaving it as is. So like, right. I am. I'm okay if you don't. I will read anything you write. You could write a phone book and I will sit here and read it. Um, but... say that. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. So that. were you not very involved with, the, like, kind of once you sold the rights? Were you just kind of no, out? Unfortunately, I'm not involved at all. So it's not really. That answers, like, 90% of the questions we got about the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
choice in pretty much anything. And so, okay, I guess my only question then is, do you plan to watch it? Uh, <laughs> she's like, I don't know. Guys. I don't know that I can answer that. Yeah, she's I like, to be very. No, I get that. I don't, I don't it's something it's your baby it's, it's your baby, baby. Mm-hmm. we were just talking yeah. to an author about um she is an author we had on we i don't know the order of which we batch record a lot so off the top of my head i don't know the order but her book had just been optioned and we were kind of talking about how like how new it is in the process and i was saying in general about like books you love getting optioned i was like be careful what you wish for because mm-hmm. you might really think to yourself i want to see this. And I have experienced this with books I love. Um, and I named, we've done a whole episode about it, but I did not uh, love the movie version of One True Loves by Taylor yeah, Jenkins yeah. Reid. It was not what really? I had hoped for. Neely, can you go back? Can you, uh-huh. can you say whatever you said like 20 seconds ago? Oh, I said, um, we we did a whole episode on a book adaptations to TV and to movie and right. kind of ones that right. we loved and ones we didn't love. And I would say that like, when I say like, be careful what you wish for, like I spent a long time hoping that every Taylor Jenkins Reid book would get made into a movie. And I watched One True Loves and I sat there like, why, why, why did this just happen? Because I just didn't love it. And it didn't, it didn't, it just, it just Robin's didn't do it for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, did my you, reasoning did you, is, did you see Daisy I Jones? I love Daisy Jones. I love Daisy Jones. Here's my thing. I think her books need to be series. I don't feel like yeah. in a mm. hour and 40 minute movie. Um, oh, and I feel like this about a lot of books. I feel like a lot right. of books, the book to series do it better for me. Like A Big Little Lies, um, Normal People by Sally Rooney. To me, those were mm-hmm. incredible adaptations because you're getting a lot more character development than you're going to get right. in right. Yeah. 97 in a, minutes. In a movie. Yeah. yeah. I think and so I always just feel like it's a very trite and it could just be a series of montages of pretty people. Yes. And, and so I, yes. <laughs> like I just feel like, and, yeah, I just feel like guys. you lose. Yeah. Right. You're going to lose. I feel like anytime. And like, I've seen that all of Emily Henry's books have been optioned and I'm like, for the love of God, make all of these TV shows. I beg of you because please, you're just not going to get in. So, and it works in some, right? Like, listen, yeah. I know he's not everybody's favorite, but I love a Nicholas Sparks movie for my just gooey. It's like a chocolate chip cookie to me. I want to be hugged from the inside out. Right. I haven't, the notebook worked. It worked for me as a movie. I haven't read the notebook. I love the notebook movie. I never read the notebook book, so I don't even know yeah. what it was like. Like how to compare it to. Yeah. So I think it's like, like, Oh, go ahead. You can well, get like some classics. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, I, Robin. Um, the involvement of the author, maybe? Um, so she's been complete, very gracious and giving and super um, lovely and helpful. I mean, I, I'd, uh, I sold the idea of you while I was shooting Fifty Shades mm-hmm. and told her it'd make me out. And wait, is that when I shot it? I'm trying to remember. Yes, while I was shooting. Um, and we had a lunch. A few, a couple of years after that, and she was telling me like when, because I was in the process of getting the rights optioned, and she was saying if I can give any author any advice, it would be to make sure that 
um, the director has read your book mm. <laughs> and, and really appreciates your book mm. and, uh, and that your reader's favorite scenes are in the movie. Yeah. Because your readers, like your core readers who love it, are going to want to see what they love about it. And if everything is gone, like that, that that's recognizable, it's going to be rough. I will tell you, and I've said this before in the class, I'm really nervous about watching it. I will watch it, but I'm I'm nervous because I love the book so much. And I feel like mm-hmm. sometimes it's better for me if I love it. Like, for example, I didn't love Normal People by Sally Rooney, the book. I loved right. the show. I right. love the I, show. I the series. Yeah. Yeah. This series was phenomenal. I mean, one well of the done. best I've ever seen. Um, and yeah. it was almost the same with Daisy Jones. Like I enjoyed the book for what it was, but I loved the show and I felt like yeah. it came across and I'm worried if this movie is like 97 minutes, how that's going to happen for me. And I just like have a lot of feelings about it. So I'm going to need some sort of emotional support while I watch it. Like a giant ass glass <laughs> of wine. That's probably like three. And I was like, Neely, like, you can come over. We'll just get you a glass of wine. It'll be great. It'll be yeah. great. Okay. Yeah, Robin, we might have to is... watch it together. We will, we will. Robin, what's next for you? Writing, acting, yeah, um, I'm working on momming. Yeah. I'm, did you say truffles? I hope there's truffles in yes. the yeah. Hopefully it's the weekend. Have some truffles. Uh, so I'm, I'm working on the next book. Another book. I shouldn't say the next. Okay. I, don't I was think like, it's whoa. Cool. <laughs> She's like, could be five books from now, but it's a book. <laughs> It's a book. It's completely unrelated. I've been working on it forever, unfortunately. I'm hoping to finish it this summer. And uh, that's what's next. And I'm hoping people will like it. First of all, my oh. agent. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think people I don't think people will not like it. I think people I, I know gosh. The second book is like I feel like such a cliche. It's like everything that I dreaded is like I mean so when I finished this book um writing the idea of you I finished writing doing the rewrites in February of 2016 and immediately and then I went to set to shoot 50 shades and immediately I started writing book ideas and writing things down I'd start things and stop I, I must have gone through five different book ideas and got not that far into them but enough of like research and character names mm-hmm. and developing before I was like no nope, no nope, I scratched that one scratched that one and um I had really bad, so I had three years of that and really bad writer's block. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't write anything. Yeah. Like I couldn't write a sentence. Um, and then Donald Trump was elected. <laughs> he comes up again. And I couldn't write pretty much the entire Trump administration. Like yeah. I just, I had so many other things on my mind. I yeah. couldn't relax enough and be in a place to create art. I just, mm-hmm. I couldn't. Um, I started this book in early 2019 and, and it was kind of like in fits and starts like I could write a chapter and then and then something big would happen in the presidency and COVID and all everything everything yes. is just kind of best oh, yeah I mean it was a hard four years yeah, yeah. still yeah. is yeah and, and it felt yeah. like like especially with COVID it was like oh I've got all this time at home I should be able to just write people cranked out books such People a did, misconception, yeah. though, that you're stuck at home and you have all this time. And I don't think people, maybe not everybody had this, but like I had like a lot of depression during COVID of just 
like Absolutely. Um, the fear of the unknown. Um, I have mm-hmm. one kid with asthma and I had a newborn baby and I was straight up afraid to check my mail. I mean, I think people, I mean, definitely like as things got, you got more knowledge about it. Like I embraced the being home, but like those early days of COVID were just straight up. Oh to my God. So yeah, like crazy. Yeah. when we were like fighting to get toilet paper, I mean like the lines yes. and like, well, so, and I've never talked about this. Andrew, my husband, is what I like to call a prepper. Not really, but, like, I think he likes to think he is. And he watched (laughs) – yeah. He he had been following COVID since, like, late 2019. Mm -hmm. And so So, he had been – not stockpiling, but, like, he'd been buying things. And I remember being like, you are insane. Like, nothing's going to happen. I don't know why you're doing this. Um, And he, like – I mean, he was right, and he rubs it in my face all the time. <laughs> so um, we were the same. My Eric was a uh, was in the army. He was a lieutenant, mm. and so he's uh, he prepares. And literally, like early January, we got a box of N95 masks delivered, and I was like, "What are these for?" And he's yeah, like, he's like oh, "We're gonna need them in case we've got them." And then he started like. You know, the deliveries of lots of beans and a 25-gallon bag, bag of rice and, like, all oh, these things. Oh, my like, husband was buying those, um, like, freeze-dried meat. I'm like, I don't know why you think I'm ever going to eat this. I would probably choose to starve instead. We got a deep freezer, too. Yes. We did, too. And, I mean, I will say now it's kind of nice because I'm like, oh, it's so great when we just have, like, extra stuff, like, Right. My kids yeah. go on one of their things for all they want for a week is frozen waffles. That's such an like, adult no thing for you to say. Adulting. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Andrew's coming in with my yeah. computer charger because my computer's dying. Um, as, dying. as it does. As it does. Um, um, <laughs> so she, he was he was super prepared, and and then I started wanting to know the worst that could happen. So we watched. Contagion. Oh, we talked about that last time. He made me watch Contagion too, and I was like, "This is too real." It's too and then real. I was like, "Let's get." And my my daughter had a big birthday party. Her birthday is January twenty seventh, the end of January. She had a big birthday party. It was like the last of the big things, and mm-hmm. we had a. I don't know if a messy table is, but like a huge charcuterie board type table uh-huh. for like twenty seven kids. So I ordered like this vat of hand sanitizer because like they were like I don't know 10 year olds 11 year olds and I didn't want them like touching and whatever yeah. blah, blah. so like a month later when there was no hand sanitizer on the you're like, like aren't I glad I have this <laughs> when's your we birthday moved January 27th we moved last June and I still had about half a gallon in the oh, so that's funny yeah. the answer have to get rid is February 13th and we had his party at like a gymnastics place. And this is like the last thing we did before COVID was have his birthday party. Right. And Andrew brought the big ass thing of hand sanitizer because he was like, this, I'm like, stop, like you're being ridiculous. And <laughs> right. sure enough, that big ass, same story, that big ass thing of hand sanitizer right. definitely went used. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like his birthday was like the last thing we did. And yes, he made me watch Contagion. And then I made him switch to things like Tiger King because I was like, I don't want to watch yeah. anything serious. No. And then we watched no. 13 We're seasons of Married First. Like, am I going to put my eyes? Like, what's going to happen? But um, I was so I scared to get COVID. 
I was too. I just I have a screenshot from a conversation with a girlfriend when I told him that Eric had ordered the N95 mask, and she's like, "Oh, come on, just relax." She's like, "Just wash your hands; it'll be fine. That's all you need to do." We were yeah. we went to Houston. My in-laws live in Houston, Texas, and um, it was spring break, and so we went to Houston to see my in-laws because Charlotte was still like they hadn't seen her since she was born, like. So we went and did all that. And when we were there is when they canceled the rest of the NBA season. And I'm like, this is probably not good. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then on Thursday, driving back from Houston, we were driving back from Houston and we got an email from Liam's preschool. They were like, we are extending spring break by one week. And I was like, one extra week. Little did I know it was actually six months. Um, Forever. And I say all the time, like, aren't y'all glad we didn't know? Like, can you imagine going into it knowing how long knowing. it was going to last? Yeah. Like, it's better in that situation that it was like week by week. We didn't know. I would have yeah. been unwell. So, okay. The last thing we always ask is what is a must read book you tell people they have to read mm. god um oh goodness i don't know i don't really have a must read book she's like my own no i'm kidding <laughs> you have to yeah, um <laughs> can i just I'll, can i just throw out like maybe three favorites absolutely perfect. yes um prep by curtis sittenfeld <sighs> love that book like we were talking about, a, give me a good yeah. boarding school yeah. movie or book or whatever. Mm-hmm. One of my absolute favorites of this century. Um, the God of Small Things by Arundhati Roy. Okay. Literary fiction. It is heartbreaking and beautiful and gorgeous and lush and incredible, incredible writing. I recommend highly. Um, and... Sense of an Ending by Julian Barnes, B-A-R-N-E-S, British writer. And it is the only book that my book club read years ago that we all absolutely loved. And it's a book that I probably most often give as a gift because I know no matter who you are or what, whatever, you will find something in it. And it was just, and it's one of those, it, it was great. And I haven't read it, I didn't reread it, but I, so I haven't read it in, I don't know, in years, maybe since 2011 12 yeah somewhere in there but it was really really i feel like there are some books where you're like the the experience of reading it you're never going to be able to recreate that and so yeah. you just want to yeah. leave it with We're what i yeah. i made a tiktok once and it was like books i wish i could read again for the first time like mm-hmm. books were like like i will meet someone that hasn't read a book i love and i was like i'm so jealous you get to read this for the first yeah, time you get because to read like it. like there's just nothing like that. I mean, when you finish yeah. a book and you're like, God, I wish I could just read it not knowing, you know, because it's just so good. Yeah. Like, and I'm a big rereader, yeah. less so now with the podcast because we're constantly like interviewing authors and reading books. So I just yeah. don't have the bandwidth to reread all the time. Um, but I'm a big rereader of books I love. And I don't I'm reread very often. Reader. Mm-hmm. I, I just read very slowly and re- I will reread a sentence and a paragraph as I'm reading it over and over again and just like stop and think about what the author did yes so that I don't have to reread I'm not a big rereader but I I 
the time that I started rereading was uh, to my, I reread books out loud to my husband. So usually it's a book that I've read and then I read it out loud, but I love that part of it because I'm like watching his, so it's like experiencing it for the first time through his eyes, which is a lot of fun. So I, I don't get to reread it. I don't get to read it again for the first time, but he's reading it for the first time. And I'm like, Ooh, I know this part's coming. I know what's going to happen. I can't wait to see his reaction to it. So that's been really fun. It's kind of like how I feel if somebody, I go with somebody to see Hamilton and they haven't seen it yet. And I just watched them. And I'm like, I can't wait to see how you enjoy this piece of <laughs> so much pressure. Um, yeah. So, okay. okay now we're going to try a rapid fire, this or that. Um, so I will, we will just take turns on this, but quiet night in or fun night out. Oh, I guess quiet night in. Okay. Martini, martini or champagne? Oof. Oh gosh, these are really hard. It depends. <laughs> Rapid know. fire. She's like both at the same time, just two. <laughs> Double champagne, I guess, probably more often than martini. It's just such a happy drink. It is a happy yeah. drink. I drink a nothing lot of champagne here. It's too much. And nothing to me is a greater sound other than my children than the sound of champagne. Them popping. Oh. Yeah, that popping. It's nice. <laughs> yeah. Celebration. Yeah. Yep. So, okay, San Tropez or Anguilla? And I think I know the answer. Jeez. Uh, so funny. I was just thinking about going back to San Tropez. Um, Anguilla. All right. Uh, designer shoes or designer bags? Ooh. Um, <laughs> these are so this hard. Is hard <laughs> <questions>. <laughs> designer shoes. Shoes. Yeah. Really? It's, yeah, yeah, I'm bags. I'm definitely a bags girl. Wait, I don't. Here's a deal with me. I don't like obvious designers. Like I don't mm-hmm. like to see a name on a bag. Yeah. And so oh, many same. bags are like, I don't want to know what you're carrying. Mm-hmm. So I feel like shoes can be a little more discreet. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Although I will say some things. shoes. I saw a woman yesterday, or not the other day, at my daughter's ballet class, and she had on some uh, Givenchy slides. And I mean, they were like in metallic letters, like angrily. That's on. very, I, was I like, feel like that's very that popular right now. It's aggressive yeah. for a ballet class. I was in like, yeah. what I'm wearing now. It was aggressive. Yeah. Okay, I was in my Target flip flops. So I was like, shoes because they're not they're not obvious what they are. Yeah. Usually. I do like that answer. I do too. Yeah. Okay, the last thing we do before we will have a moment where we whore ourselves out, but the last thing we do before that is we do a review of the week. So here is our review this week. It says, I found this while walking my daughter to school and absolutely loved it, but never followed the show or Instagram. I was racking my brain trying to remember the name, and lo and behold, an author I follow was tagged on Instagram, and here I am, happy to have found it. Definitely recommend for any smutty reader. I probably looked crazy talking back and laughing while walking, and that is from Simply Reads on uh, Apple Podcasts. I think that was the review I screenshotted and sent to you with like a crying emoji because like it just made me so happy. Like, I mean, we completely doing this podcast is like a path. Like, it's just a fun thing for us, right? We we just do it for fun. We love books. We love authors. We love reading. We love talking about books. And I think for us, finding this community of other people who love talking about the same things we talk about is the best part of it. And um, I feel like in my, in my, my husband is not much of a reader. So just having other people, like, I'm sure he's thrilled that I'm not like, Hey, can I tell you about this book? And he's like, I don't know why. Um, he's like, 
Although I will randomly send him screenshots of the smutty parts I read in books. And he's like, I'm intrigued. (laughs) Tell me more. Tell me more. He's like, tell me more about this book you're reading. Um, I think he appreciates the kind of books I read. So Robin, we want you to be able to whore yourself out. Where can people find you? Um, On the interwebs, not like in Paris. In Paris. Yeah. Um, I'm on Instagram at at Robin Lee. It's R-O-B-I-N-N-E-L-E-E. I am still on Twitter, although I almost never tweet and I spend almost no time on Twitter, but I, technically I am there. And um, I'm really good about uh, if you like DM me or somewhere. Or She's send so good seat. about it, guys. She will respond to you. Yeah. I- about how to panic attack. This was pre-podcast. I think I met, just messaged you telling you I'd read the book and I was like, life made. She just responded to me. <laughs> I'm on Facebook at whatever, Robin Lee, or I think it's V Robin Lee is my professional, my artist page. And then there's an idea of you group. And we're going to um, link all of that in the show notes too. There is an idea yeah. of you group and it's, I really like the idea of you group too, because there's also a lot of just really great book suggestions. Um, some similar yeah, to the right. idea of you, some just in the same genre. So it's a really good place to just like find other like-minded readers that might share your love of age gap romances. Um, And you can find us at Smut Show Podcast. Um, We also have a fake Facebook group and we're trying to be good about posting in it, Um, but we're (laughs) mostly on Instagram and we're real fun there. And then you can find me, uh, all the places at Neelykins, except on TikTok, where I'm books and bar. And you can find me everywhere at Rachel underscore M Lewis. Uh, if you love this episode, which I know you did, we would love for you to go and rate and review and follow uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast. We're now on all podcast platforms. We're, on, we're so everywhere. We're you ever, can listen to us anywhere. Listening. Uh, we love we love a five star review. Who doesn't? Yeah. So because like one star reviews are just silly. Okay, they're silly. (laughs) Give us five stars because you like us so much. Um, And Robin, thank you so much. I this was not only the highlight of my day, but probably the highlight of 2023 for me. So I had the best time chatting with you. And we will read anything you write. Write an article, we're reading it. Write a phone book, we're reading it. We'll be there. We're there. We're here for it. Um, And. my time zone because it's really not easy to schedule oh, when I no. get our head. It's out. actually great yeah. for us because we Once you get out of bed. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And like, my kids wake up. I mean, my kids are up at five thirty every morning, and it's. Oh, God. So I remember that. I'm, yeah. Yeah. Well, like, they're getting to an age where they can kind of fend for themselves to lay. Yeah. Decide yeah. I'm going to be a human again. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks, um, Robin. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening, and we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.